Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now. But I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. Hi, my name is Chris, and along with Jeff, we talk about movies that aren't really awful at all. Horror, action, kung fu, musicals, post-apocalyptic, women in prison films, and much, much more. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 397 of the Really Awful Movies podcast, Vacancy. Vacancy, uh, right off the bat, uh, I was uh, reminded of a kind of a funny story that uh, Bill Burr was telling on Conan. I believe uh, Elijah Wood was the guest. And he was basically saying, because obviously he's a stand-up comedian and uh, coming up, he was uh, spending a lot of uh, time on the road. And, uh, well, he still does, but a different type of uh, road at that uh, juncture before he really uh, broke out with F is for Family and just becoming one of the better comedians uh, practicing today. But uh, when he was starting up, he was uh, telling this uh, story about uh, staying in uh, cheap motels, as one uh, does as a road comic. And he was saying... uh, something the effect of uh, you're just there's a doorway and the the general public is right there and I never really thought of it in that uh, capacity which is really really funny I mean when you think about it the same could be said of a, a house in any big city too but there is a certain sense of intimacy that comes from the fact that the person is sleeping in the room uh, you know behind the door which uh, faces the uh, outdoors and uh, it's uh, of, of course provided such a wonderful uh, dynamic in uh, several horror films obviously first and foremost being Psycho to which uh, this film super superficially resembles I mean very superficially more so uh, director uh, Nimrod Antal actually uh, gets his uh, hitch kicks uh, out through uh, not just that but his entire uh, approach to this film has a very very noirish has a very talky feel that you would get, uh, particularly that's something that I was thinking of when there's a, a protracted uh, car scene that's just dialogue heavy and it's something I think uh, Hitchcock would have done to just establish character. It had, it's something that he probably would have done with Jimmy Stewart or something, but this one is filled with all sorts of uh, just shadows and it has a very uh, noir type uh, aesthetic approach and it, particularly the opening credits is something very Hitchcockian where he has this almost uh, very graphics very design heavy uh, fonts uh, it could be like a Helvetica type thing of uh, letters of varying heights and and uh, widths and uh, running the, uh, the the credits and then all these credits become like a Jenga word jumble and they all uh, combine to form uh, the title, and the title sequence is actually brilliant. <laughs> uh, it's it's not often I actually say that, but it was something so creative and so fabulous, and it uh, it transitions into a license plate. So you got this weird, I guess, uh, um, boxy kind of. Uh, 
uh, Tetris style opener and all these letters sort of jumble to form the title and then they morph into a California license plate. I mean this thing, it was so effing creative and to the extent that was a, a check that the rest of the movie couldn't cash, uh, fair enough but you gotta hand it to him and whoever produced this a film which is from uh, 2007 uh, this right out of the gate is something so I mean dare I say magical for something that is uh, essentially a, uh, a stalker type home invasion movie where home is substituted temporarily for this divey motel I think it even has pines in the name which is I think de rigueur for any divey hotel like uh, it's uh, lensed in the uh, in the mountains of uh, Northern California, and uh, you have this uh, wonderful dynamic uh, right off the bat that a lot of it, it's become a trope, and it's a lot of a lot of horrors really play on the tension that comes from city folk um, interfere interfering. Uh, trespassing in regions uh, where they don't necessarily belong, and particularly the tension that comes from the uh, type of self-sufficiency that you get from someone who uh, lives in the sticks and is more, uh, let's say, hands-on, more apt to be a, a doer and a fixer rather than uh, one of the more, I don't know, on, on the creative side of the ledger, if that's fair. It's something actually that the latest uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre film also played on, where you have these uh, uh, kind of interloper, uh, hipster, gentrifying kids coming into this uh, town where the uh, original Chainsaw Massacre uh, took place and, and the people there are populated. It's a, they're shedding their population. It's mostly desolate, but the remaining standouts are, again, uh, cut from the same cloth of the self-sufficient types and this is uh, juxtaposed against the more uh, effete, uh, more uh, urbane uh, types. And that, that's something that the um, that we get right off the bat, because the setup of this one couldn't be any more simple. I mean, the, uh, the elevator pitch couldn't be more straightforward, couldn't be more parsimonious. You have two people stay at the dive motel, and they're terrorized. I mean, it, this is the stuff of many, many, I'm thinking like the house at the edge of the park. There's this countless films. Um, what was that? I think there's uh, there's one called, I believe it's Hush, where you have, uh, is that, I think that's the one, or am I getting it mixed up with Don't Breathe? Uh, I think it's Hush, where you have a, a uh, deaf, uh, protagonist, I believe she's a writer on a retreat, and she gets terrorized in this uh, off-the-beaten-path cottage. I hope I get the title right. Apologies, I'm, I'm actually a podcasting in the evening, uh, far removed from uh, my uh, usual time when I've got my uh, third cup of coffee on the go, and it's around uh, 10 o'clock. But I think it has that similar uh, kind of vibe and the in, inside-outside uh, dynamic. And you, you, the principles are played by... Uh, Luke Wilson and uh, Kate Beckinsale. And it's funny, they fall into that rather large category of actors whose names I know, but whose work I don't. And apart from maybe the aviator for, uh, for uh, Beckinsale, uh, the, the uh, ex-model, uh, English actress, and Luke Wilson, who's the lesser Wilson, really. I mean, uh, he uh, Owen gets all the the credit for uh, Wedding Crashers and all and Midnight in Paris and all these glorious fun big budget success stories and 
and old Luke here is is a, a, a bit player in uh, Anchorman, and an even more bit, even more bitly player <laughs> in uh, in uh, Scream Two. Although I can't even, I couldn't even, I can't even recall the character he plays in that. But he's he's such a he plays such a second fiddle uh, to Owen, and I couldn't even tell you. I mean, I know his face, but I really am not too too familiar with uh, what uh, he uh, he uh, particularly does, and and. Uh, but the two of them, the dynamic is established that they're they're, um, I believe, going to visit the in-laws, which is always a, a conceit that's rife with tension. And the two of them are are in a marriage that's uh, on the outs. <laughs> it's almost like the uh, trope for action films, where you have the uh, the the action hero attempting to reconcile with his wife, and who, uh, by uh, saving the day, is more aptly able to do that. In addition to uh, get you know get along with uh, or reestablish uh, relations with an estranged daughter. <laughs> that uh, I, I recall a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin movie of of that. Uh, nature as well uh, the name escapes me but it was lensed in uh, in beautiful british columbia so you have these two people with the added dynamic of them mourning the loss of their young son uh, uh, the referencing of whom sends the kate beckinsale character into a rage because she's trying to get over the grief and doesn't think that the luke wilson uh, character of i believe daniel's his name that him bringing up the their uh, child's memory, even if it's in the fondest, most loving possible way, is the best way to you know, get go beyond and get beyond and uh, and get past their grief, which is I don't think anything a parent could uh, ever get past uh, losing a child. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a neat idea, and uh, Nimrod Antal uh, invests a lot in their dynamic to his credit, and also to his credit, you get these uh, this again this very Hitchcockian scene but also this the darks are allowed to be dark and that's something I've uh, decried and bemoaned for lots of horror films where they think that the entire scene has to be lit like a Roman candle and this is resolutely not the case because your your eyes and your ocular system and your vision uh, fills in details uh, often to with very positive uh, effects when it comes to scares uh, famously so for the Toby Hooper film uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you were essentially filling in stuff that wasn't happening because it was all in your imagination and all about the whirring of chainsaws. So even just this circuitous, um, I guess, a languid uh, drive uh, through the California wilderness from Los Angeles is, uh, you know, it's, it's done with a lot of visual style, uh, particularly so when they come to the, the service station in this town and uh, this this is a film uh, vacancy that plays with the trope of the couples arguing over uh, directions and uh, I think there is science to back it up and uh, that uh, spatial memory is actually uh, uh, disproportionately well over indexed among men so men are actually better spatial um, uh, spatial reasoners and uh, planners in that in that sense so it's not something that's just made up 
to uh, to fill screenwriter pages, but it's actually something that is the case. Of course, that's upturned and uh, upended uh, expectation-wise here because you have the uh, Daniel character who effectively gets the uh, the couple, the estranged couple, lost, and they're stuck at this podunk service station, which seems to populate every horror film in existence. Although it should be said that this one is not nearly as dilapidated as the one you get in, say, a wrong turn or in TCM or those kind of more uh, exploitation vehicles. Uh, what you do get is, speaking of vehicles, a car with a fan belt or some component that breaks down and that uh, dynamic I uh, referenced earlier of the guy who uh, gets his fingernails dirty versus the one with clean pristine hands that have no calluses and this dynamic of the impotence and the uh, uh, lack of manliness the uh, city dweller feels at being unable to uh, properly fix his own ride even when uh, they stop at the service station one of the uh, and the uh, the gas jockey says you know I'm not a mechanic or I don't think he is but he'll take a look at it and I guess he's uh, he's good with his hands and he's able to suss out and determine what is actually wrong with the ride um, gives him directions to go out to I think a four-laner that goes to the interstate and uh, soon However, the, the couple, this is a very wrong turn, they have a car trouble and they find themselves a mile or two, I believe, from the nearest uh, flea bag motel. And uh, <laughs> God, uh, a personal story here, I, I uh, one New Year's, I went down to, on a road trip, we in a rental car down through the U.S. South via, via uh, Mansfield, Ohio, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, the uh, birthplace of Muhammad Ali and Hunter S. Thompson, notably, um, through Nashville, I had a friend there, and then the uh, Memphis, and the last stop being uh, New Orleans. And our accommodations were uh, booked uh, into this uh, rather uh, substandard, uh, you know, I, I was a man of limited means. I guess you could say I still am, but uh, considerably less at the time, uh, fresh out of college and staying at, at this uh, down market, very way down market, uh, youth hostel type uh, place and uh, forget what you know about youth hostels in Europe and how they can be all uh, nicely uh, quaint and a very good bang for your travel buck. This was resolutely not the case and um, myself and my three traveling companions looked at it realized that we'd be shoved into a room like like it was army barracks and decided to try our luck uh, venturing outside even days in advance of popular time for the in the Big Easy, which is obviously New Year's, and we found ourselves this really dilapidated, pathetic motel called the Le Petit Motel, which was a stone's throw from the New Orleans Parish Prison, uh, and this place was really beyond the pale. I mean, when we got our uh, towels handed to us, it was through, and we, we kid you not, it was through bulletproof glass. And uh, how this ladders back or dovetails or back to the vacancy movie is that uh, when uh, the couple, uh, the uh, Beckinsale and Wilson couple are actually compelled to stay in this uh, dumpy motel, what actually happens to them is that someone begins banging on the door and harassing them. And this is something we experienced on our first night at the Petit Motel. And to this day, I'm shocked that given it's not exactly uh, prime time location, uh, 
we could spot, and no joke, five or six bail bondsmen offices from our balcony of this place. And no joke, we are shocked that a rental car wasn't lifted from there. And there are people who lived in this motel down in New Orleans that, I mean, this place was brutal. And we were wondering what we should do with people pounding on our door and how we should respond. And it was it was interesting, that's for sure. We, luckily, we made it out unscathed, but not without encountering uh, some uh, disbelief by some local cabbie who said, uh, why are you guys walking in this area? Uh, quote, this is not a walking neighborhood. You can be shot. So welcome to New Orleans. Uh, and welcome to this Shady Pines uh, motel run the, by this proprietor. And in the case here, the uh, Wilson and uh, Beckinsale characters meet the hotel proprietor through that time-honored uh, tradition, you know, whether it's uh, faulty towers or whatever, any, any kind of uh, accommodations. You have that ridiculous bell. I don't know uh, how that continues to be a thing, but that is so demeaning and so stupid. But you ring the bell and this uh, innkeeper proprietor comes by and is creepy as hell. And uh, I believe they catch him uh, wa watching. It's, it's kind of ambiguous what he's watching in the back room. It could be porno. could be exploitation film. Uh, it's, it's hard to say, but it's, uh, it just speaks to the guy's uh, character or lack thereof. And uh, you get this uh, scene where the, the two... Uh, where the couple is uh, compelled to stay and they're given assurances that uh, their car will be able to be fixed in the morning. Har, har, har. This is a horror film that's going to be not the case whatsoever. And hence, things proceed and you know where things uh, go from here. Um, this week, as an aside, I was also watching uh, a Norwegian horror film that couldn't be more different on the uh, on the horror spectrum. It was called Troll, not to be confused with Troll and Troll Two, that notorious uh, flop and mean meme generation machine from um, I think twenty years back that is infamous in its uh, uh, you know uh, just howler scenes of. Uh, horribleness uh, right up there with The Room uh, by Tommy Wiseau, but this is a 2022 effort, and it's a monster film, and uh, it's very in line. It's like a Nordic King Kong. That's what I texted uh, Jeff, I believe, and it's it's a, you know, a, a shaggy monster hanging out in the woods a la Snow Beast, and uh, you know, a la Godzilla, or, or maybe even Congo, one of these movies, and it speaks to the variety that can be had in the horror space, but also the fact that there, my preferences, supernatural Italian films accepted, tends to be ones that, uh, horror films that are grounded in, in a reality, in a verisimilitude, in something that is recognizable. So as fun as Troll was, the creature effects were really splendid, it was still nothing that I can really be terrified by unless it's a creature feature that involves animal attack, in which case, case, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, personal experiences camping in bears uh, really lend itself to something that uh, really terrifies me on that side of the equation. But also the fact that animal attack movies tend to be just way more fun than monster movies. That's just my personal opinion. But I was trying to podcast that, but then I saw this vacancy movie and I thought, man, that's right up my alley because... Uh, and uh, listeners can check out a podcast that I did uh, several months back. I, I could have, I'm not sure if I did both of them, but I definitely wrote them both up on the reallyawfulmovies.com site. 
a movie I'm very, very fond of that uh, occupies this milieu, which is 13 cameras and its sequel, 14 cameras, which plays on the voyeuristic uh, element. Oh, there's also a, um, geez, which Franco brother is it? Uh, the one, James, no, Dave Franco, uh, The Rental, another fabulous movie that uh, plays on the idea of being spied upon while you're, um, you're renting an accommodation or, or you know, uh, uh, darkening the door of one of these establishments. In the case of The Rental, and, and I believe 13 Cameras as well, it was more of an Airbnb setup and not uh, the standard uh, fly-by-night flea bag motel that are so ubiquitous. Basically everywhere in North America has one of these motels that they they have maybe like, let's say 15 to 20 units tops. They tend to have this uh, pretty uh, dismal looking pool uh, out front and, uh, and um, they tend to have a neon signage and uh, they're in various states of disrepair and the particularly bad ones are on the outskirts of big cities and uh, tend to be uh, reserved for uh, refugees and uh, prostitutes unfortunately but uh, they're just so all over the place and but the, the dynamic you get in 13 cameras and and the rental is uh, decidedly different because the, those are very upmarket and uh, very posh uh, uh, accommodations. And by contrast, something that you'd uh, see in the, the Anthony Perkins uh, hit, obviously Psycho, is decidedly not the case, obviously with the taxidermy and, uh, oh, that famous scene, you eat like a bird. Uh, and... Uh, and also in vacancy, you have uh, um, accommodations that are really, really dismal and really down. And um, I, I really like uh, the the scene setting, and I really like. Although I think they kind of uh, overdid it a little bit with the um, with the man behind the counter, uh, and just figured, oh, the, just by virtue of the guy having this weird facial hair, that he's automatically weird. I think you can often. Uh, uh, in the case of like a 13 cameras, it can maybe suffer when they, uh, they uh, tip their hand to the fact that someone is obviously creepy. But, and that can work or it can be a strike against, uh, like many people say about Jack Nicholson as uh, J Mr. Torrance in uh, The Shining, where he already looks kind of creepy. So I think they could have played it against type here by having him be a bit less so, maybe a bit, be a bit more... Uh, uh, bootlicking or unctuous or uh, eager to please or the host with the most I think would have been better as opposed to uh, like a condescending jack-off who in whom you uh, wouldn't uh, ever uh, place any sort of confidence so that I mean but it is what it is what you're getting with vacancy is really straightforward horror it's a setup they the, you find out that the um the uh, the guy, the hotel the motel manager is in cahoots with a um, a, a little tiny team of would be uh, almost quasi uh, snuff pornographers in a way because each room is uh, jerry rigged and rigged up with uh, surveillance equipment and this is what uh, really makes it uh, resemble the likes of a, a rental or a 13 cameras as well so you get that added element of voyeurism with the horror and now, what was different, I believe, with this one compared to those aforementioned films is the fact that this couple actually sees some VHS tapes and decide to play them when the uh, TV doesn't work and they see what is in effect a snuff film that has actually been shot 
uh, right in the room they're stay staying, which is kind of a weird idea. I mean, it's creepy, but the how much they linger on it, and we're going to segue into what we learned here, how much they linger on this is absurd, because if you saw this, you would call the police instantly and it seems like a, a bit of a um, uh, too big of a risk reward thing for the innkeeper to actually uh, in, entice or you know uh, uh, engage with the, the guests in this way because you're basically tipping them off to the fact that they are uh, could be victims of a snuff film and I don't think that really adds that much value unless the people in this black market and uh, what now would be the dark web buying these kinds of things maybe this is part of the appeal the fact that uh, the victims are going to essentially uh, view or, or get um, uh, an inkling of their own demise. And I don't know if this adds that much value. Again, a risk-reward thing. It would probably be better off just to go in and kill them. But what do I know? I'm not some sadistic uh, creep running a motel in the middle of nowhere. But that's uh, what happens. And uh, what you have is um, this masked figure bust in and... Um, one of these, uh, wearing one of these uh, plastic masks a la, geez, I, I want to say it, I think it, I really hope it is. I hope it's Hush, the movie I keep referring to, but it's one of these plastic masks and they're menaced by this hooded, cloaked figure. And uh, it turns out there's this, it's almost veers into descent territory because there's this, this subterranean tunnel that leads from uh, the motel room bathroom and it's under the uh, bath mat and it leads right under the uh, the office of the motel and so you have this network and it's all lit and I don't know particularly what value that adds either other than as like a stunt or just sort of a silly gimmick uh, and I wish I could remember that the title of um, there's a really good documentary that was on Netflix feeling uh, featuring the writer uh, Gay Talese and uh, it was a, uh, a prominent uh, nonfiction author and journalist of the new journalism, a contemporary of Hunter S. Thompson, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, so if you just type in that, G-A-Y-T-A-L-E-S-E, -E, uh, there's this documentary about this uh, CD. Uh, I want to say it was in, I, th I believe it was in, Jeez, it would be somewhere in the Midwest, I believe, but it could be more West than that. This uh, real-life the flop motel that has since been demolished and whose proprietors had rigged every room with this this kind of a camera equipment and even had peepholes and they estimate the victims of this uh, guy who is I think if my memory serves it's been a long time that he's actually featured in the movie under the condition that uh, well I guess that maybe the statute of limitations had run out given that the place was no longer uh, in operation and there's no evidence really uh, and I think the guy was suffering from some terminal illness too so but he was he was willing I think to disclose the his impropriety and the, this malefactor creepo uh, was uh, freely talking to this journalist about what he had gotten up to for years at this at this misbegotten crappy motel so all this kind of stuff is something that I really get uh, uh, kick out of I mean well I mean in a prurient sense but I just think it adds to the horror when you have the added addition of uh, privacy violation and just the fact that it's supposed to be a uh, um, your home away from home is supposed to pro provide you with some sanctity in a way that it uh, didn't in uh, New Orleans for yours truly and friends but also it doesn't for uh, the this uh, duo here and again uh, 
you know, one of these uh, home invasion type movies, and it really isn't. I'm thinking The Invitation too. Uh, Karen Kusama did that one. Uh, another one where you have people invited to a home and then people uh, breach the uh, threshold. And it, it's, I mean, you're not exactly reinventing the wheel with vacancy. And uh, as was par for the course at the time, they had to, uh, another thing I learned, they had to uh, dispense with uh, cell phones. And of course, they're in such a rural part of California that they can't get service, which is absurd because California would have been way ahead of the curve on that front. So it's not like it's uh, the wilds of Alaska or some such thing. But that was something screenwriters had to, of course, account for at the time, 2007, 2006. Something that's kind of annoying, but I think the fact that uh, there's so much more here to commend than there is to subtract would give make me probably lean into a three out of five here. I mean, pretty solid performances, even though, again, I'm not overly big on the work of uh, Luke Wilson particularly. He's kind of bland. But he, he cuts a pretty good uh, figure as a kind of a heroic, uh, ur urbane everyman who uh, comes to the, the, the rescue of his wife and who, and, uh, who faces uh, very difficult, challenging circumstances when they're potential victims of, uh, of these perps. And, and you have this kind of a neat scene where you have uh, people coming by the motel, which is obviously vacant, uh, and who are actually going there as a source for their uh, black market uh, snuff videotape. So it's kind of neat. I mean, I, th I think they could have made the uh, interiors as dark, uh, metaphorically and literally speaking, as the exterior was, because there's a certain, uh, certain cheesiness that you get from the uh, innkeeper that uh, I think tonally uh, ran afoul of the rest of the film. But I definitely got, if not Hitchcock vibes, then, and I'd hate to use the term cheesy because Brian De Palma isn't. I mean, uh, Dressed to Kill and, and all the... His movies are just so... I mean, there there's a certain... Yes, there is a certain cheese about them. There's a certain goofiness, but there's also a sleaze about them. And that's what I, uh, I really like. I mean, uh, you can't really lose with De Palma. And De Palma really exercises his... Uh, uh, his uh, Hitchcock muscles, except uh, adding that uh, explo exploitation element that's uh, really, uh, if you like that kind of tone and that kind of sensibility and you're willing to just shut off your brain for a little bit, I mean, an 84-minute runtime, lean, tight, a uh, couple of uh, jump scares that I'm going to even forgive because they're actually not half bad, and decent enough atmosphere, good performances. I mean, again, you're not going to... Uh, you're not going to transgress with something uh, world-beating or in the uh, in the realm of a hereditary or or what if some have uh, referred to the Babadook as uh, something that's just so, uh, beyond the pale, taking horror in a new direction. This is a uh, pretty par for the course, but still like it and uh, really uh, extra quarter star for me as uh, someone who stayed in their fair share of. Uh, of uh, crummy motels and uh, crummy hostels over the years so good on this one fun uh, really enjoyed it uh, I would like to check out uh, some of Antal's work I think uh, there was a film uh, he's a Hungarian ethnicity filmmaker who I think he was brought up in California but his uh, first film I, I believe is set in the uh, Budapest uh, train station so I'm curious to check out if his other work uh, he's not overly prolific I think he's done like six or seven films if uh, they uh, take this similarly dark and foreboding approach because uh, cinematography is really on point. It's definitely a five out of five uh, for me. The rest of it, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit corn, cornball, but uh, again, uh, fun, and it'll take you, tickle your fancy if you're a horror fan uh, for sure. And uh, anyway. 
check out our books as uh, I plug each uh, seemingly each episode of the podcast. Obviously, Death by Umbrella, Mine's Bigger Than Yours, our latest tome devoted to cheesy action films. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you next Friday and uh, take care. Thank mm-hmm. you.